Our scripture reading today comes from Paul's letter to the Colossians, first chapter. Would you stand for the reading of God's holy word? We begin this reading in the ninth verse, and then we'll skip down to the fifteenth verse. Paul begins here in the ninth verse saying this, For this reason, since the day we heard it, we have not ceased praying for you, and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him as you bear fruit in every good work, and as you grow in the knowledge of God. And then down in the 15th verse, Paul picks up with this idea. He, Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or power. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. This, my friends, is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. You know, the marketing industry came up years and years ago with an important concept that's still in practice today. And you know what that concept is in the marketing industry? Bigger is better, right? Sure. Now, when I was growing up, I don't know about you, but we had three sizes. Small, medium, and large. That was it. It worked out fine. And then one day, as a kid, Still kind of knocking around before going to high school. We got sent like we usually did on Saturdays to the Bell Theater in New Orleans to see the Saturday matinees, plural, and the newsreels and the cartoons and whatever else came along to occupy most of your Saturday afternoon. But at our stop at the concession stand, I came into a new reality. All of a sudden, there at the concession stand, I saw for the very first time that I could purchase a candy bar that had this label on it, king size. <laughs> a nickel more, and I could have a king size Hershey bar, a king size Butterfinger, imagine that, king size. But it wasn't long that king size was replaced, wasn't it? All of a sudden, new superlatives came, and the one that I remember next in my mind was supersized. Now, who of you have not been there at the counter 
when some kid behind the counter looked at you and said, can I supersize that for you? You know, and unfortunately a lot of us said, yeah. Uh, but of course the marketing industry didn't stop there. The, the superlatives keep growing and you all can fill in the new names of things that are bigger and must be better. Well, you know, this text from Colossians is not far from that same way of thinking. Paul is trying to say to the Colossians and to all of us who will ever read or hear his word that we need to grow into a bigger understanding of our knowledge of God. We cannot be content to simply live with a current understanding of who God is. That the more we know of God, the more we're able to love God. And the way we know more about God is to know Christ. When I was in seminary, one of my teachers that I just gave thanks for, Dr. Max Stokes, who later became a bishop in the church, he used to say this, people think only as much as they have to, and then many of them are happy to coast through life with the ideas they had through childhood. And that is a kind of sad thought, isn't it? But this text in Colossians is a challenge to expand our vision, to expand our thinking, to great and bold new thoughts about who God is by understanding what Paul says, who Christ is. And in this, this 15th verse that many scholars tell us was one of the earliest Christian hymns of the church, that the church sang this over and over again uh, in one form or another, it makes two bold assertions. Christ is supreme in all creation. And Christ is supreme in all redemption. First of all, it says Christ is supreme in all creation. And it is this bold declaration that this Christ that we call Jesus was there at the beginning of creation. As it says in John's Gospel, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God and all things that were created were created through him. He was in the beginning with God. Christ is supreme in all creation, and not only is he supreme in all creation, this hymn boldly says that he is the visible image of the invisible God. And it makes me think of another story about education, a story I read years ago, and it stays with me. It's a story of a kindergarten class and that day, the teacher decided to let the children kind of express their creativity. And she turned them loose, their little paint easels. And she said to them, paint a picture of anything you want. And she was watching and enjoying, and one little child was doing a, some flowers. And another child is drawing a, a boat up there. But back in the back of the room, this one little boy is frantic. He is slapping paint all over the place, using both hands, sometimes his fingers. He is getting with it. She has to go see what's going on there, so she goes back there, and she checks and says, what, what are you painting? And he looks at her and says, I am painting a picture of God. And she says, well, you know, um, nobody really knows what God looks like. They will when I'm finished my picture, he said. <laughs> And you know, that's what the Colossians hymn is saying. That when people say, we don't know what God looks like, the Colossians hymn says, oh yes, you do. Look at Jesus. 
You want to know what God looks like? Look at Jesus. You want to know what God sounds like? Listen to his voice. You want to know what God acts like? Look at how he treated people. He is the visible image of the invisible God. And not only is he that invisible image of the visible God, it is this creative Christ whose presence fills all creation. Now, I don't know if any of you still do this, but I'm one of those old goats that still gets the Dallas Morning News every day. And I love it. And it comes, as you know, in sections. So you got section one that's the national and the international news. And and then there's the second metro news section. And then there's sports section. And on certain days, there's the business section. Another day, there's arts and culture section. And uh, even on Sunday, you have a religious section. And it's kind of a neat way for a, a newspaper to be organized. But a lot of us, I think, maybe organize our thinking this way that we have sections that we think of and we try to relegate God and Jesus Christ only to the religious section of our life. And that's where we think God and Jesus has to stay, but not according to Colossians. This Jesus Christ is involved in every section. The national, the international, sports, culture, religion, science. This God in Jesus Christ is in all. His presence cannot be segmented out to one little corner of our thinking. We are challenged to supersize our thinking about who God is and where God is and how God is influencing every aspect of our life. Secondly, the Colossians hymn is saying Christ is supreme in all redemption. And it starts with this bold affirmation. We said it in our affirmation of faith this morning as well. He, Christ, is the head of the church. And and we all said that. But you know, I think sometimes in the back of our brains, many of us substitute that pronoun. We sometimes, when we think of the church, use the pronoun we. We are the head of the church. Because you remember when we talk about the church, many people want to say, well, it's what we like. We want to sing the songs we like, preacher. We want to hear sermons we like, preacher. We want to have activities that we like, preacher. Because remember, church is all about, no, it isn't. It's all about Christ. And we have some role to play as good stewards and servants of the living presence of Christ in our church that we're called upon to share with others. That that came home to me years ago. I was so lucky and fortunate to serve on a team that went over to Africa, to Cameroon, and help establish the Methodist Church in Cameroon. Now, I, I just was there to help a little bit and do some teaching, but one of my colleagues, a great preacher and, and musician, John, John Thornton, was there, and he, he was helping the, the people of, of Cameroon put together a hymnal for the Methodist Church in Cameroon. And this is back in the day when John, I'll tell you how long ago this was, had his little cassette player, and he has a group of three or four preachers and three or four lay people. He's telling this story to us. I wasn't there. 
but he says he'd press it and they'd hear a hymn and he'd turn off and he'd say, do you like that? Do you, do you think that's a good hymn? Do you, want, do you want that in your hymnal? And they would just look at him. They wouldn't say anything. They just stared at him. Well, John thought they were a bit shy and, you know, hesitant to speak up. Well, after lunch, it went the same way. He'd play some hymns and say, well, what do you think? Is that that, that one you like? Do you, you think you'd like to have that in, in your hymnal? It was a very fruitless day for John. That evening after supper, one or two of the bold preachers and a couple of lay people came and said, Pastor John, we do not understand what you are asking us. Why is it important what we like? Shouldn't we be asking, do these hymns honor Christ and glorify his name? And John said, oh my goodness, I got caught in this limiting consumer attitude that we often get of the church, that somehow or another it's all about us. And I needed to supersize my understanding of the church that it's all about praising and glorifying Christ and God. And the rest of the, the week with him went much different because he learned to ask the right question. And they put a great hymnal together for the church in Cameroon. You know, we sometimes need to have our, our thinking challenged about the little image we have of the church. And sometimes we say our church and have to remember it's not our church. It is God's church. And we are just fortunate to be a part of it. We need to expand this understanding. He is the head of the church. Christ is the center of the church. And not only that, it is the power of Christ that makes the church vital. Do we sense and share that living presence? But it is that same power of Christ that not only is in the church, but the hymn goes on to say this power of Christ is in the world. This power of Christ comes into the world to hold all things and all people together. Who of us has not known the world that we live in to be a a world that has shattering moments. And the only thing that can hold us and bring us together is the glue of the grace of God through Jesus Christ. And even when we think that there are some limits to how much God will do or where God will go, we are stunned to realize that there are no lengths to which the love of God will refuse to go. And we who find ourselves constrained at time and limited in our thinking are amazed to find out that there are no limits to the love of God. How vast, how expansive, beyond our wildest imagination. So the question today is really the question, how big, what size is your understanding of the Christ? Small? Medium, large, king size? Can I supersize that for you? That's what Paul is saying. Can I supersize? And that's what it's all about, my friends. Because many of us, some, 
start our journey and we understand Jesus maybe as a nice person. And that's okay, but that's not enough. Some want to say Jesus is a great teacher, and that is a great thought and an idea, but it's not enough. And some want to say a miracle worker, and that's good, but not enough. And a Savior and a Messiah and the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And, and the list can go on and on and on until you think you've exhausted every category. And when you think you've existed every category, you and I have just begun. Because we start opening our souls and our minds and our hearts to realize how big and vast and immense is this Christ who is the Savior of the whole world. And we have to realize that as we try to wrap our brains and our faith around such a giant image, we scarce can take it in. Try as we may, and we must try, to grow and expand our thinking of God. I think at the end of the journey, and maybe as part of the journey, we simply stop in humility and maybe join the words of the great hymn writer and have to both confess and affirm how great thou art. How great thou art. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.